0: You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now on to the show. Well, welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you've been having a wonderful start to your week. Today, I'm really delighted to be sitting down with our guest, Dr. Berguglio. We are delighted just to have you. You are just a beautiful inspiration for people who are trying to get pregnant, people who are trying to balance their hormones, and I think that's one of the biggest things that has um, drawn me to every post that I see of yours, so um, just a warm welcome, so thank you for taking the time to sit down with us.
1: Hi, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for that sweet introduction. Oh my gosh, that just warmed my heart. Um, I'm really excited to be here, and I can't wait to share... You know, some knowledge and talk about fertility. Yes. I
0: am very excited to dive in with you on fertility
1: because you you
0: have worked with over six hundred patients. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So obviously not on one on one. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of like, you know, courses that I've done, um, a lot of like people. That get my preconception care books, my healthy hormone books. Um, and then before that, obviously, I was in like clinics in and out. So mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of patients. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. It's a, it sounds like a big number when you say it whole like that. And sometimes I forget that I <laughs> put that on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, you see, they add up quick. Um, mm-hmm. But I love it because I get a help. A lot of people and I feel really blessed to do what I do.
0: Mm, absolutely. And um, just, I mean, like reaching that volume of people, I mean, it means that you, you've got to be doing something right. Uh, but before we kind of get there to talking about fertility and hormones, why fertility? What drew you into this area of practice?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to try to give you like a more <laughs> simplistic answer, but It's really interesting how things happen in life. Um, I actually started out wanting to be a pediatrician, like a Mm. natural medicine pediatrician. I was super sick as a kid, actually, Um, like on oxygen, Mm. breathing treatments, the whole shebang. And my mom found natural medicine. And that's kind of what led me down that path. And I was like, I want to help kids that were kind of scared and lost like me. Um, Went and studied that, loved pediatrics, but I just didn't feel like I had enough hands-on and then I kind of fell into fertility, like, started just taking extra classes while I was in school, learned more, shadowed a couple of physicians that had experienced um, infertility, um, honestly, themselves, but then also helping other patients and clients of theirs. And then I like, I just felt so drawn to it. And then I learned that my mother struggled with infertility. Mm. My grandmother struggled with infertility for over 10 years and ended up having my mom like at like 35 or something. And that was like way back then. Right. So that's like, she was old to be a mom at that time point. I'm not saying anyone is 35 and trying now is old. Just that was just kind of back in the day. My grandmother is 90 years old. So it's completely different timeline, but I felt like I had this like connection to wanting to help women and I haven't experienced it myself. Um, I am not on that path yet, but I definitely feel like I can understand a little bit, not, not any, not to say understand, um, what people are going through the infertility journey, like are experiencing, but I've seen and heard stories from family and friends. And I just like, this is what I want to do. Like, I feel like I can make a big impact um and really truly help people in Mm. this field and to be honest I just kind of clicked I don't know going through school like studying cardiology like did not click for me I felt like it was hard and in the fertility realm it just like started clicking and everything just felt smooth and I just not only can apply a science to it but like very intuitively just kind of could understand it and make a treatment plan. So just kind of led me down that path. Like I said, sorry, kind of a long-winded answer to that.
0: (laughs) It is amazing how that, you know, without realizing it, that family history, those friends, those stories that you hear over time kind of compound. I know that fertility has been a part of our journey, but there's also been people in, in that circle growing up that were struggling. And so it's so interesting to see, you know, as an adult having chosen that path, like, wow, I didn't realize it. But maybe all of those experiences really were kind of like, pushing you in this direction so that's really really awesome
1: yeah thank you yeah and I just want to like emphasize that I do not know what the journey's like Mm -hmm. I did not mean to say that (laughs) um Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to take that away from anybody Mm -hmm. like you said more just like experiencing and watching and like hearing my mother's stories and my grandmother's stories and then like eventually you know into adulthood hearing those friends stories it's just just solidified it for me
0: Mm -hmm. so now you are a you're you're in practice, you, you work with women, you work with couples. Uh, What has been some of the biggest things that maybe you didn't expect going into fertility that you found, whether it's education pieces, whether it's health pieces, what's kind of jumped out at you? I know that's kind of a broad question. um, But what is something that you always kind of have that takeaway of like, wow, I didn't know that I was going to experience this or have to work with this?
1: Yeah, honestly, I would say it surprises me the amount of couples that come to me who have undiagnosed infertility. Mm. Um, this is something like it's very shocking to me. Actually. I, it happens. I would say it's probably 80% of my patient population. Um, I'm a natural doctor, so it's like completely different Mm -hmm. realm. Um, and they've all, they've all been told like eat, they've done IVF and IUI and they still are like, it's un, it's unexplained. We still don't know, mm. but these treatments are it's failing and we still don't know why. And that's just blown my mind. I don't know. Have you heard that a lot?
0: Yeah. I mean, I say a very large portion of our community is people who are either unexplained infertility or secondary infertility and just they have no answers.
1: Mm. Yeah. And so what I would say what I love to do and I love what a part of my job that I really like is actually giving those answers. Like mm. um, many times, couples come to me and I like look at their labs and honestly, like ninety percent of the time, I look at it and I'm like, "This is what's going wrong." Like to me, I don't even have to dig. I'm like, "This is what I think is happening." Um, there are definitely those cases where I do have to dig a little bit more, play more detective, ask a lot more um questions that like sometimes don't seem related but actually are right. Like, how's your GI health? Like, how many mm-hmm. bowel movements do you have a day? Like those things are really important to ask and eventually can make a big difference if all the reproductive stuff seems like okay um but usually it's like nothing to me it's like crazy like Mm. it's just like the labs just are not optimal and once we get them there these couples are getting results Mm. um and it just makes me sad because they have been told for years that like no one knows what's wrong and I'm like oh my gosh I feel like that's so much time that they could have had back
0: Mm, absolutely Um, yeah, I think what's interesting is we had a couple episodes ago, we we interviewed um, Alexandria, who is the founder of Poplin, and their whole product model is built on her work as a CNS, which uh, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what that is, that's a certified nutrition specialist. It's a board that certifies well-trained nutrition professionals. And she was talking about something really similar that she would see in running just basic like micronutrient panels and her client base was just suboptimal levels and just tweak taking those would help improve. And, And they, she'd work with like other labs too, but I found it so interesting to just hear that, you know, we, we don't always think like when we get these tests back, um, you know, if they're in optimal range, unless we are of the mindset where we're, we know enough to be like, Hey, maybe something here we should go and, you know, talk to someone to work on. If we don't know that a lot of times we're just in the dark because the providers will just be like, Oh, okay, well you're in range. You're good. Like how often do you find, do you find people shocked when you're like, Hey, we could tweak this.
1: What's that response like? Oh, yeah, a lot of people are surprised by that. Um, And then I then I go into like, the explanation of it's not even just optimal ranges, but it's optimal ratios. Mm, So I'm like, you could technically be within the optimal range. But if I'm not really liking the progesterone to estrogen balance, like that could be something that we want to shift or because if you're having symptoms along with that, that means something needs to change. And so everyone's normal is different everyone's optimal Mm, is actually mm. different And so it's really the trick is figuring that out and that goes into the optimal ranges plus optimal ratios Mm, they get really excited when I say this some people get really excited some people feel hopeful definitely gotten a lot of tears um and I feel like like I totally understand that like you've been told like nothing's wrong and you can't do anything to fix what's going on and you really want a baby and then all of a sudden someone can tell you something's going on and there's something you can work towards i feel like that's a game changer and that the goal is to feel hopeful from that um and they usually get really excited because i also explain what their labs mean which mm. I think is really important mm-hmm. so a lot of times they're like i had no idea or that makes sense now and now i understand my cycle because sometimes i ask like well how long is your luteal phase and a lot of times people can't answer that question and it's not their fault by any means. I'm like, if you've gone through mm-hmm. all these fertility treatments and you don't know how long your luteal phase, to me, that's like, that's on the physician, honestly, that's mm-hmm. taken them through all of that. Like that should be a conversation because your progesterone can be at an optimal range. But if you're, if it's not at optimal range for a long enough period of time, that's a game changer right there. Like you want it to be 10 to 14 days, your luteal phase. If it's not that long, you don't have time for implantation to occur. And so like, that's a huge step. And some people are like, your luteal phase is eight days, like, let's, let's make it longer. We can do this. Like that's, (laughs) that's something we can work on and like alter and fix for the better. Mm,
0: Absolutely. So let's hover there for a minute. Um, What, for someone who's listening to this, you've just blown their mind with this idea that the luteal phase needs to be like certain length what might be some indicators that the luteal phase isn't optimal?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. Um, I start by looking at progesterone levels, right? That's something like, I feel like it's very simple to do. Um, I like to look at that. We want to make sure it's at least above around six, uh, because that confirms ovulation. Fertility world though, I like it to be above 15. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like crazy, right? Like one confirms ovulation and then one's like, that's optimal for fertility. And the reason why I say that again, optimal change for everyone. But the reason why I say that is because we want that progesterone to be able to, you know, keep that uterine lining nice and nourished and plump and ready for implantation. Mm. The reason why we want it to be a longer period and what we can look for is basically we look at the time from ovulation, which if you learned how to track um, that's, that's if you're using an OPK, that's when you know the line shows up on that extra dark. If you're using temperature, usually it's the day before you get that temperature spike. But whatever method you're using to track, um, you take ovulation and then it's between ovulation day and then when your period starts. And that's the days that you count. You check your progesterone in there, you count the length of days. Like I said, I like to look between like 10 to 14 days. That's gonna be something that's really important. Um, signs like actual signs that that might be too short, obviously, besides just counting, you can experience like bad anxiety if maybe hair's falling out, if you're having more estrogen dominant symptoms, so you know, heavy bleeding, possible clotting, heavy cramping. Um, I feel like I can throw so many things onto that <laughs> um headaches, you know, I'm like I could go on and on about that, but just if you're experiencing kind of an imbalance in the follicular to luteal phase, there will be some sort of symptoms or PMS symptoms that you can talk to your physician about.
0: Mm, yeah. And so when you're working with patients, you're a naturopathic physician, if you find someone who is not in an optimal range, it, what it, what is your go-to? Are you prescribing some sort of medication? What what does that look like? Because I know we talked about a little bit, we gave that tease earlier that your approach is maybe a little bit different than the conventional model. Um so what what could someone know is an option out there?
1: Yeah. So I tell people natural medicine is a slow form of medicine. So I usually say please allow me like three to eight months, you know, to get this, to get everything back on track to help you. Um, obviously, and then I remind everyone that consistency is important too. So work on the patient's part is going to be very important. Um, and then after I set all that up, <laughs> I definitely, I really, a big part of my visits are getting to know my patients. So they're sixty minutes um, if it's if I'm just working with one in- individual, ninety minutes if I'm working with two. The reason being is I need to get to know them in order to create a very individualized treatment. Like I do so much of diet and movement and just everyday mm-hmm. environmental, um, like toxin, like removing all of that. And if I know what's important to people, then I'm able to actually make a plan that they'll be able to do Um, (laughs) long-term. That's like a big goal. So, you know, I talk a ton about diet. I post a lot about it because the blanket thing for diet is like protein, protein in the morning, especially. Um, I talk about that all the time. (laughs) I'm sure you know, you've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many other things that can be changed or added to help and enhance like the cycle and those values. Uh, that again, very case by case, but I do like to focus on the basics first, which mm-hmm. is like diet, movement, sleep, mental health, so stress levels. Um, and so we really work on that. It's going to look a little bit different for everyone, like I said. Then the next thing is definitely supplementation and fertility. I tell my fertility patients that unfortunately, I'm going to be putting you on more supplements than I would normally like another case. Sometimes I'm trying to change things at more of like a microscopic level, which we need a little bit more supplementation supplementation for that. Um, and then I'm a, I love herbs. So botanical medicine was something like near and dear to my heart during school. And it's something that I feel works amazing with mm-hmm. um, fertility and creating optimal values. And what I really like about it is instead of like, say, a medication, a medication kind of forces your body to do something herbs kind of gently nudge your body to do something right and it's kind of helping push your body in the right direction um so that's, that's kind of what that's kind of an outline of what things look like i obviously order more labs and sometimes interpret them we usually do the a protocol for about six to eight ish weeks depending on the person, depending on the protocol. And then I usually will like to see labs drawn again, making sure we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like a here, like here's all of this stuff, go off on your own. I'm, mm-hmm. I I like to stay very involved because I think the fertility journey is not an easy one. And so it's really important that like the couples have someone that like they feel like they can ask questions to and they feel supported by constantly, just not, not just when they're in their office. Mm, absolutely. And I feel like it's
0: one of the biggest, complaints that you hear from people after they leave their provider's office is like, oh, I have a question and I called, but no one's called me back and it's been two days. And I hear that all the time. And it's like, I, it's just like my heart hurts for people because it's like, you need, you need to be able to get in touch with your provider. If your provider is out of touch, then you can't, you can't discuss what they've prescribed, what they've asked you to do. You can't discuss, uh, or, or even report negative symptoms. And so that I think just to anyone who's listening is such a big piece. If you find that your, your provider is unaccessible, then that is a great sign that maybe it's time to find a new provider. Do you have anything else you'd like to add to that?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I just, I love, I love that you recognize that too. Mm -hmm. And I think more people are also starting to see that, like, it's something you don't really think about, like Mm -hmm. necessarily when like picking a provider or going to an office, but it's something that I mean, I've even learned like in my practice and everything, like I used to kind of throw it on there that like, like I add an extra 15 minute phone calls if you need one, or like you have a, a 48 hour response time guarantee over messaging or whatever. I used to just kind of throw it on there. And like someone told me once they're like, no, that's like my favorite thing about mm-hmm. like, like all of this. So they're like, I feel supported. I feel like I yeah. can ask questions. Like I don't feel alone and I'm like oh that's like a huge piece so Mm -hmm. now I like make sure people know like no like reach out to me I'm your person Mm -hmm. and so just find like just everyone listening just find someone Um, it can be your provider I feel like your provider should definitely be one of those people but if you do have that like person you can lean on like I feel like that's a game changer
0: Mm, absolutely and especially for those more technical questions that if you need to ask them go to your provider or who's people on your care team and please please don't take them to facebook groups it's it's yeah. just not the place to ask those questions <laughs>
1: wait i love that comment so much <laughs> that literally made me laugh loud. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: you know jumping back real fast you know you said something a minute ago that i'd like to highlight for a second you said that you normally are looking to work with people over the course of up to eight months. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we go into this, you know, especially if we have been trying for a while, you want to, you want to be pregnant now, and that can be like a really hard pill to swallow. So do you mind talking to us a little bit about why we need to have that time? Why we can't just like make it work tomorrow?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point, point. Um, and that is something that is really hard. And it's hard for me to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like to tell couples, like, "Oh, it could be three to eight months." Like, that's that's hard to say. And like you said, it's a hard pill to swallow as well. Mm-hmm. But I kind of say we don't know how long it took our body to get from point A to B, to point A to point B, and point B is where we are now. Right? Mm-hmm. That could have taken years. So honestly, you know, getting back to optimal, like that taking eight months, I try to say like, that is actually pretty quick. And the human body is amazing that it can get back to optimal. Um, It just takes time to really nourish the body right and for the body to kind of get back, like on the right train track. Sometimes I say, you know, we kind of get off the wrong tracks, and it's really hard to shift and get back on the right one. But once we do, it becomes actually pretty amazing and pretty simple to stay on the right one. But to get back onto the right one, that's what takes a lot of time. Um, and there's so many components that go into it. But even things from like egg quality, for example, I know a lot of people like to talk about that, but that can be altered a lot of people don't think it can but it ties bleeds my cord that it can Absolutely. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that takes at least those three months just in itself that alone and that's because it takes three to four months for eggs to mature and develop in the ovary and so what we expose ourselves to during that time that's going to impact our egg quality and so that's just one example of like why this journey can take so long so just imagine like that in itself can take three to four months imagine if there's like a little bit more than just a quality or there's also like there's also a hormonal um irregulation or there might be an autoimmune disease or whatever it is we just need to allow ourselves like the time and space to heal um and then at the same time healing is never linear right so unfortunately you can be going the right way and then you can take a downward um Spiral for a second, and then you go back up again. And so that's also adds time to the whole piece. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's so good to just know those things, like to know going in, you know, it's not wasted time. I'm not like just taking these supplements and just riding along, but it's actually like, you know, investing in getting healthier, getting your body healthier, getting back to a place where your body's ready to, to become pregnant and addressing those things is actually, it's so beneficial. And so I feel like if we know that, that we're actually doing something worthwhile, even though it's long sometimes, and it feels drawn out, it we, it, at least we feel like we're, we're on the right path, which I don't know yeah. if that's always what you get when we're just, we're taking a pill and it's just like, well, the cycle, let's hope that it happens. It's more, that it just becomes more of a burden of, oh, well, it didn't work last cycle. Maybe it'll work this one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I also tell people since it is a slower way that like the natural way and you're not just taking a pill to like ovulate or whatever it is, um, you also should be feeling better. Like mm-hmm. the good news is too, like usually people come to me and they're like not feeling hundred percent. There's, I have a couple cases where like everything else is good, just for some reason can't conceive. Um, but it's very rare that like someone comes to me and like, we are struggling but, and I feel a hundred percent. And so my I tell people too, I'm like, the goal is to like, you're going to start feeling better. You're going to feel like you're just like optimal healthy self just in general. So like that, I also like to tell people that too. It's not just like eight months of just, you know, just struggle. It's eight months of like getting to, you know, a healthier version of you. And I don't mean to take away from the, again, I don't mean to take away from the fertility journey. It's that can be a struggle in itself. But what I meant was like, It's not eight months of like feeling gross on like medications Mm -hmm. that are changing, like your cycle and everything. It's Mm -hmm. like, kind of, you start to feel a lot better. Like people are like, wow, my mental clarity, my mental clarity is just like there now. And I can just think and thoughts are just, my brain fog is lifted. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, that's amazing. (laughs) Even though in that sentence, I just sounded like I had brain fog, but you know, (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's a great
0: thing to point out though, too. And a lot of times I don't think we actually realize that we don't feel well until we don't feel well anymore. And so that's just a added benefit to like going into pregnancy, feeling more like you are an optimal human is just incredible. Um, so yeah, so all sorts of benefits, all sorts of perks to to be spending that time um well if anyone has been listening they are really intrigued and want to reach out how do they find you
1: yeah so probably the most simplistic way is my instagram um walk the natural path that's that it's pretty simple if you want to find me on my website it's also that www.walkthenaturalpath.com um I can give him my email but that will probably be easiest you can just you know dm me
0: Perfect. Well, we'll include those into the show notes. Well, Dr. Berguglio, thank you for taking the time to chat
1: with us today and
0: just share from your experience.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Um, I love to chat about this and I hope you all have a really good day.
0: Well, to all of you listening, you can find those links right there down in the show notes. And I encourage you to just head over there, um, check out the Instagram page, give it a follow. You're going to be so glad that you did. It's got lots of really great information. Um, But that wraps us up for today. And we will be back with another episode in two weeks. So bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode.